Contestants, welcome to your masterclass with me, George Calambaris. Now, here's my recipe for the day. Step one, preheat the oven to 180 degrees. Step two, systematically underpay your staff to the tune of $8 million. And voila, that's how you become a massive dickhead. Now for today's challenge, go deck a teenager at the soccer. And don't forget to add salt, because you're bloody salty ass. You've got 90 minutes, go! It's a Sydney afternoon. You're knocking off from work, picking up the kids or making up job interviews to put on your doll diary. But you know the mood. And the mood is Radio Chaser. You switch on and suddenly discover you're much, much, much better at sex. All thanks to Radio Chaser. Oh, yes, welcome aboard. Uh, Andrew Hansen is here. Zoe Norton Lodge is here. Charles Firth isn't here. We'll talk about that later. Uh, My name is Dom Knight. (laughs) And look, Zoe... Yes. George Calambaris, we just heard that audio of his challenge. He's been, he's a bit of, in a bit of trouble, isn't he? People are talking about dumping him from MasterChef. Oh, are they? they are. Goodness me, just over a small amount of crime. Mere <laughs> <laughs> 7.8 million amongst you employees. Know, look, as look, I do watch me a bunch of MasterChef, as uh, listeners may recall from other segments. I'm the resident person who watches a, mm. a huge amount of reality TV. I think I have to, don't I? Is that... Do I have to do it for my it's job? It's actually in the contract. Yeah. I thought it was. That's my um, mm. excuse anyway. But it's not the scariest thing to me about MasterChef. Now, this isn't something people haven't discussed much. But do you know the beginning, the opening titles of MasterChef? You've got each contestant mm. doing something with food. One of them throws some strawberries in the air. One of them flips a pancake. One of them, like, rams a huge knife into a coconut but stares at the camera while he does it and never once looks at his knife work. And honestly, it gives me a heart attack every single time I watch 70 credits. So I can barely get past them. I mean, look, mm. I'm not a criminal profiler. I don't have training mm-hmm, in this. Mm-hmm. But I reckon if, you look, if you're looking for the one to watch out for, it's the one who can slice a coconut with a massive knife while looking down yeah. the barrel of the camera. It, it does cut quite quickly after it's cut, you know, so I'm not really sure what the what the actual outcome is, you know. Well, is he is he in is he in the series, Zoe? Did he survive the shoot of the credits or is he just mysteriously <laughs> He did make show. it a fair percentage of the way um, through the season. You can do spoilers for MasterChef, can't you? I mean, yeah, look, what are we doing here? Sort of pre-spoiled, isn't it? Yeah, but look, you know, like I say, I do watch me MasterChef because I'm, I'm forced to for the job. It's nothing to do with the fact that I'm addicted to all forms of reality TV. But I, well, I had noticed a conspicuous absence of George every other episode. They're like, and George isn't here today. And, you oh. know, I, I thought, I just assumed he was bludging. But um, now I guess it turns out he was in court. Is that more admirable? Yeah, or the guy with the giant knife just went through and cut all of his wages. Triple M, Radio Chaser. Now, ladies and gentlemen, a very special announcement from us here at Radio Chaser. Charles first joined the show for the oh, second welcome. break. Welcome, Charles. Hello. Charles, if you want to listen back to what we did in the first part of the show, yeah. just go get the Radio Chaser podcast. You put, put Radio Chaser in your podcast app of choice yeah. and you can listen back. I don't, I don't like that podcast. <laughs> well, anyway, look, putting Charles's lateness and patheticness aside, um, <laughs> Elon Musk is delivering in spades <sighs> again. Good old Elon. He's so he's great. Got, yeah, he's great always guy. got some wacky new idea. And now he's getting into our brains. All right? He's, he's mm. moved away from underground tunnels, submarines, uh, cars, <laughs> and he's now, he's now got a brain surgery idea. Uh, oh, and batteries, of course. That was his other yeah. thing, wasn't it? No, no, no. Now he's got, he's got this thing called Neuralink. Now, from, from what I've read, this sounds fantastic. Sounds like a really great idea. The goal is for Neuralink to drill four eight-millimeter holes into patients' skulls, it says. Oh, sorry. 
I forgot to say, into paralysed patients' skulls. Excellent. Oh, my goodness. goodness. So they can't resist, surely. Oh, yeah. Also, they can't blame him when they get paralysed. <laughs> Is he using the same drilling machines that he used to drill the giant tunnels under LA? <laughs> I hope those, yeah, they're eight millimetres. That, that was the flaw in his tunnel system. So, oh, dear, they're only eight millimetres wide. I'll, I'll, I'll use it in people's brains instead. Um, before insert, Now, then he inserts implants through those holes, and they go into your brain... And they allow you to, con- this is honestly the idea, they allow you to control your phone using only your brain and not your fingers. He's watched too much of that show Black Mirror, I think. Yes. <laughs> it's and worse it, than Black Mirror, but, though. It's real. But he, he, he thinks of Black Mirror as, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. 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 I wonder what ideas again. Well, that's what we've all been wanting, though, isn't it? A real gap in the Now, this is the second part. A robot apparently is going to use what's called a, a sewing machine type process to embed the threads within your brain. What? I'm surprised the Country Women's Association hasn't already, d- hasn't already done it's this. Just, it's just, you know, you'd want them to think of something that sounded better than that. A sewing machine type process <laughs> goes nowhere near my brain. Thank you. Well, well it won't necessarily, Zoe, if you, if you don't volunteer. What I love, though, is how good Musk is at selling the thing. He said, and this is a quote, if you're going to stick something in a brain... You want it not to be large. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, sign me up, Mr. Musk. Because <laughs> that, that's the thing. He's actually asking for, for volunteers. Is he now? Mm, well, he will be. Yeah, yeah, to have this done. And I thought uh, I may as well get the process started. So, Charles, uh, I've already put you down as a volunteer oh. for, the, uh, for the Neuralink Brain Surgery Program. Thank you. That's that's really nice of you. Is it required to have a brain at the start of the process? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is one of the downsides. But does it make you more like Elon Musk? Well, we, well, I suppose it would have some bad effect yeah. on your brain, yes. I mean, it would explain a few things if he did have four holes currently drilled into his head about Elon Musk, wouldn't it? <laughs> about Elon or about Charles? Well, about about both. I mean, I can almost see the holes in Charles's head from here. Mm. Well, yeah. The, the, no, that's just a bald patch, Zoe. Like oh, beg your pardon. Ginger hairs. Yep. But, um, oh, sorry, Charles, your application's been rejected. Sorry, oh. you need a brain that hasn't been addled from decades of drug abuse. <laughs> Triple M, Radio Chaser. Maybe George Kalambaras can mansplain um, to me why it's okay to underpay people $8 million. I'm not too sure. Well, he's had to mansplain it to the court, Zoe, and they didn't like his mansplaining one little piece. Well, I mean, it turns out no one likes mansplaining. But what is really impressive is how seamlessly... George Calambaris has incorporated his new lifestyle into the actual show MasterChef. Tonight on MasterChef Australia. Are you guys ready for the MasterChef Calambaris challenge? You have 90 seconds to choose your ingredients, but there is a twist. You have to do your grocery shopping on a George Calambaris wage. That's bloody impossible. Go! The stakes are high, but the income is low. What are you cooking with, Julia? I can only afford this small dinner roll that's gone stale. How about you, Steve? I had to find half a rotten cucumber in a bin. And Max, what did you select? Twelve fresh lobsters, a magnum of moat, and some beluga caviar. But I told you you're on a George Calambaris wage. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant the wage George Calambaris pays himself. The Calambaris Wage Challenge. Tonight on MasterChef Australia. Now for your next challenge, go deck a teenager at the soccer. Don't forget to add salt, because you're bloody salty as. Why do you always set that challenge, George? I love that salty challenge. Because you're hot and you're cold. Radio Chaser on Triple M. 
Pretty big warning to anyone who's, who's worked for George Columbaris. How on earth did he underpay his staff by $7.8 million? I guess it raises the question. I mean, that's so much money he didn't pay his staff. Mm. Is he the worst boss in Australia at this oh, point? Oh, good question. Yeah, this Just... is a good question. Well, I was underpaid once, actually, Dummy Boy. When, when I was very, very young, I was underpaid as well. And I, I, I noticed it started to annoy me when they opened their third shop. <laughs> I was like, okay, now I'm going to go to the department. And so I went to the department. Did you? And yeah, yeah, but yeah, and the, the process was a bit crap, though, because because they say, oh, well, we don't want to get involved. It's better if you settle it yourself. Because well, they're underpaid know. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're underpaid, and you're 20 years old. So why don't you go in and confront, you know, the four bosses of the business who are all like three times your age? You you should just go and do that. And so that's what I did. Is I there a worse boss than than Andrew's boss or than Colin Barris? One triple three five three. If you've got a story about a terrible boss you've had. You know, it's funny. I, I have so many stories about bad bosses. I'm just limiting it to, to one so we can mm. take calls. Otherwise, I'll just be here calling in, giving <laughs> yeah. you 50 of my... None of them here, of course, at Triple M. These are the best sure. uh, bosses, bosses on, the, on the planet, obviously. But I, what, I think a lot of bad bosses kind of rear their heads when they're employing teenagers, right? Because you can kind of... Mm. My first job, I was working at one of those discount, you know, those $2 stores. And on my first day, I was getting paid, you know... Whatever it was, five dollars an hour, whatever was legal at the time. Oh, you could I want... have bought two and a half items from the, sh- exactly, the shop. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I did, and then I left. No, um, but one of the first things they asked me to do was to clean up an utter hurricane of piss that had taken what? place in <laughs> what um, sort of shop was in, this? Uh, in the aisle. Yeah, so, well, a kid, I assume a child, had peed on the floor, and they were like, uh, "Zoe, to the kind of the back room for a second. And I went in, and the guy was like, "Yeah, here's a mop and bucket. Um, go you know, clean up that hurricane of piss." And I was like, "Oh." He, you know, he'd probably done the piece. He may well yeah. have done it, in which case I should have called the police. Um, but, yeah. Did it happen every day? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it didn't. Anyway, I actually was proud of my 15-year-old self. I absolutely uh, refused to do it. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm getting paid five dollars an hour. I am not cleaning up that urine. You can you can do it. So I think he's pretty bad. My boss was pretty bad. One triple three five three. Do you have a... Who was your terrible boss? Can I just ask, though, Zoe, um, did he clean up the piss? Because if he did, then I'm not such a bad boss. No, he did. Yeah, he did clean up the, the... Well, I just refused to do it. I was like, I have no... I have no... Like no skin in this game. If I if I no longer work at the two dollar shop that I've worked at for approximately <laughs> seventeen minutes, uh, my life will remain roughly the same. I'll have about the same income, uh, and I just won't have to be here. So you won't, won't be covered in piss. Yeah, it was a real power move on my part. <laughs> pretty impressive work, Dimitri from Coogee. Tell us about yours. Who was your awful boss, Dimitri? Hello. Hey, who yes, was your yes, boss? Yes, I had a boss to um. Who, uh, when I had to, anyone had to use the bathroom, he asked me, what do you want to do, number one or number two? He'd say number one, he'd give me the key, and after about a minute, he's knocking on the door saying, that's enough time. When you wanted to do a number two, he's like, that's it, two and a half minutes you've got. After two and a half minutes, bang, 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 he's knocking on the door. I mean, did you have an important job? Were you like a pilot or something? It's like this plane can only fly for a minute without you. A minute for a number one and two and a half minutes for a number two. No reading material. What was the job? <laughs> what was his job? I was, I was a car detailer for City Ford, the old City Ford. Ah, wow! Goodness, that's a quick, that's a quick poo. That, two and a half. That's and that's pressure as well. Mm. Like you know, yeah. being under pressure. I don't know whether yeah. I could get it out in a no, minute. No, and especially for a man, because as far as I understand, it takes men about forty-five minutes to do a poo. So. <laughs> Couldn't you just do the number one on the on the, the car tires? Would have cleaned them off. Would have been fine. Um, let's go to Dean here. Dean, you're a terrible boss. Oh hi, how's how's going? Yeah, good. Who was your bad boss? 
well, I worked for a, a concrete and excavation company, and my boss ran over my foot in a five-and-a-half-ton <gasps> excavator. Oh. And, uh, and refused what? to pay compensation. Refused to pay compensation? How does that even work? Well, he didn't even lodge a claim. <laughs> oh. his, reason was, his reason was he didn't think I was worth it and that it was as much my fault as it was his. Wow. Well, oh. well, was it your fault? I mean, did you step? You know, did you try <laughs> to step under the that? Did you see it coming no, and think, no, "Oh, I'm get under that"? It was, it was his fault, all right. <laughs> Taylor Mace working for Colin Barris looked like a pretty sweet deal. <laughs> yeah. <doesn't Wow>. It? <laughs> oh wow, that's terrible, Dean. Let's go to Andrew in Campbelltown. Andrew, um, you're a terrible boss. Who was it? Yeah, you go, mate. When I was about eighteen, I started a job in a warehouse. I was getting five dollars sixty an hour, oh. and I used to do like 15 minutes or 25 minutes overtime, but they wouldn't pay the OT. They'd only pay it in half an hour blocks. Uh, oh, that's uh, awful. And, it, and it'd, add up, it'd add up over the week or if you worked a Saturday. So, yeah. And it, I didn't notice. I didn't really realise until I was a bit older. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's very scummy. Bosses. I hate bosses. Are all bosses scummy? <laughs> what could, could well be? Let's go to Keith. Keith, uh, uh, what was your bad boss? Look, we went out for Christmas a few years back. Uh, we went on a harbour cruise. The boss said to us, he said, oh, it's $150 a head. Uh, so we've gone on the harbour cruise. Everyone's had a good time. They've gone to a bar afterwards, and the boss has put a tab on after the cruise. Nice. Uh, everything's gone really good. And we thought, oh, that's fantastic. We found out later on that the boss had paid for the whole day. And the, the manager had taken 150 bucks a head off all of us and just pocketed the money. Oh, what a genius. No. Yeah, that, that's the world's... Hang on, we asked for bad bosses, not the world's cleverest manager. <laughs> I, I said to the boss's daughter one day, I said, did your dad pay for that? I'm, in, I'm interested. And she goes, of course he did pay for the whole day. I went, oh, okay. And she said, why? And I said, it's not important. It's all right. All right, so on tomorrow's show, have you got the world's worst manager? <laughs> that's pretty bad. <laughs> We that, should we should hand on that tip to George Calambaras. That's actually a pretty sweet idea. Radio Chaser on Sydney's Triple M. We were talking earlier in the week about Instagram being down, and uh, no sooner have they fixed it, Andrew, than they've completely transformed their business model. Well, have they? I mean, look, you know, first it was down, but now they've gone absolutely nuts. I mean, I don't feel jealous anymore when I log into Instagram. They've oh. totally changed the system. They're trialling this update where you cannot see the number of likes on other people's posts. Anymore. Oh, is that because I, I went on Instagram this morning? I had no no likes. I just thought it was because I'm unpopular. Oh no, that is the that is the case. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they actually said that in their statement. They said <laughs> except for Dom Knight, who has no likes anyway. <laughs> is, uh, is it because the only photos on Instagram at the moment are people who've done the face app old person thing? <laughs> yes, it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> the likes of those plummeted. Let's get rid of the likes. We'll yeah. fix that up. No, it's, it's meant to remove the pressure, right? So the, the uh-huh. latest in the statement, we hope it'll remove the pressure of how many likes a post will receive so you can focus on sharing the things you love. Oh, and, that- uh, you know, if, 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 if anything's to go from the publicity campaign, I think it's working a treat. At Instagram, we care how people feel about themselves, so we've gotten rid of likes. Um, why? So you don't feel pressured to keep posting your own butt. Um, but I'm an influencer. I don't have anything other than my butt. Uh... 
Now you can inspire your followers with substance and stories. But my Insta account is called Melanie's Butts. Oh. People only follow me to see my butt. Well, there are other types of accounts like uh, cute animals. That's the only other type. The rest are butts. And since you banned butts, the number of butts on Instagram has fallen by over three billion butts, according to the International Butt Index. Oh, no. Our butt-based business model is gone. What should we do? You need to put the likes back so everyone will post their butts again and go back to feeling terrible about themselves. Okay, done. Oh, thank God. It's exhausting pretending Mark Zuckerberg cares. Radio Chaser, ah. Triple M. You know how everyone's going to storm Area 51? Mm. I just checked. Because oh, I've, I've signed up to do it. I'm going to go across to the US and I'm going to be <laughs> one of the people storming Area 51. To meet them aliens. Yeah, which is where they keep all the aliens. Um, but it's, so it's now 1.5 million people <laughs> going to go there. My son wants to go with me. I think Aww. I might take him. It's a nice excursion. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I'll take him. They're only armed with anti-aircraft missiles to defend it. Yeah, that is true. Anyway, uh, I thought I should do a bit of a quiz about Area 51. So let's start it. We don't know. Was that your opener? I yeah. was Did you forget to record a sting there, like Charles? Like X-Files little... Yeah. I, I forgot to um, line that up. In fact, no, I think it's a government conspiracy that they stole that. Oh, that did they news. steal you earlier as well? Is that why you were late to the show, buddy? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I was right. inducted, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so you can have the first uh, question. Oh, okay. Okay. How do Area 51 employees get to work? Do they, A, <laughs> catch an Uber, 2, fly in a plane to the Gold Coast, or 3, drive in a convoy of armoured buses that are camouflaged to look like UFOs? <laughs> I just they no. get stupider by the moment. Yeah. You have to choose uh, A, two, or three. It's <laughs> 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 a great quiz. Oh, Charles' yeah. quizzes are always so well thought out. Yeah, they are. If only Elon hadn't been drilling into your brain before you made that quiz. Um, I'm going to have to guess the armored cars, just like UFOs. But but oh, we got a, we got a sound effect. Okay, yeah, no, you're wrong. They actually fly in a plane to an airport, which is called the Gold Coast Airport, which oh. is on the base. Yeah, Whoa. so they fly in a plane to the Gold Coast. That's how the workers get there. I'm so glad this information was presented in a quiz form rather than you just telling us how it works. Okay, well, Dom, then, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, what is the name of the airline that takes the workers to Area 51? Is it Freedom Airlines? Classified Airlines, <laughs> Janet, or <Huh>. Bob? <laughs> I like to think it, it's uh, Classified Airlines, but it's probably Janet. It is Janet. Oh, You're correct. <laughs> Very well done. I just chose the stupidest possible answer. <laughs> yep, they're called Janet, and they've got uh, red stripes on them. It's a very okay. weird right. airline. Um, okay, Andrew. <clears throat> yep. Um, this is just a simple maths question. I'm right. Area 51's most famous invention so far is the Oxcart hypersonic spy plane, which can reach 3,500 kilometres an hour. When you're flying at 3,500 kilometres an hour, how many kilometres do you need to make a (laughs) U-turn? Is it three kilometres, 30 kilometres, or 300 kilometres? Oh, well, a massive plane. Is it 300? Yes, it's 300 <laughs> kilometres to do a U-turn. So if you get lost on the way to Area 51, yeah. oh, mate, no, this is Area 56. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just chuck it you. Oops, 300k. Turn it round, Janet. <laughs> you turn, come on, Janet. 
anyway, so it's a bit like when you drive on the M5 and you take the wrong turn off and it's about 300 <laughs> kilometres later. Okay, and last, last question, which uh, anyone can answer this one. What's the biggest problem the people who storm the gates of Area 51 are going to face? Charles first. Is it, yeah. And his son. (laughs) Is it the electrical charges in the ground, mini radioactive landmines, or the fact that there are no gates or fences around Area 51? (laughs) What about the advanced alien weaponry that they've got? No gates. There's no gates. There's no fences. The whole thing is premised on something that doesn't actually exist. There is no gates at all in Area 51. I'm trying if this quiz even existed at this point, Charles. Triple M, Radio Chaser. Cat's pyjamas or cat's piss. Now, look, uh, Australian legend and all-round good guy David Campbell uh, has, has been making headlines around the world. This is from The Mirror in the UK. He wrote an article in the paper on the weekend uh, saying that he thinks his four-year-old son is the reincarnation of Princess Diana. There's lots of reasons why he thinks this. It is quite eerie and quite amusing. But my question is, would you like to have in your house a child that is the reincarnation of Princess Diana? Would that be a good thing to have in a child? I just feel like I have so many other questions for you about that no, story. Right. <laughs> why yeah. does he... What are these alleged that you've described as well, why compelling don't we just go reasons? Through them. We'll go through Please. the reasons and work out if they, if they seem Please. like Casper mm. Cat's piece. Okay. Um, at the age two, uh, this, this kid pointed to a, print, a, a picture of Princess Diana and said, look, it's me when I was a princess. <laughs> okay. Right. I, I think that might indicate always... something else about the boy, not, okay. not that he's the real <laughs> I mean, he can speak muscle. very well. That's amazing. <laughs> you should always believe a two-year-old as well. <laughs> okay. Another one. So this kid, Billy, Billy Campbell, um, told his family about having a brother called John. And everyone went, well, he doesn't have a brother called John. His brother's, you know, Earl Spencer. But no, Princess Diana had a brother called John who died when he was very young as well. So there you go. Is Ooh. that convincing? Ooh. Can we, do we have t- any Twilight Zone music or something? Like, do, yeah, does he, does the, save the queen. Does the son also not wear a seatbelt? Because that, that also... Okay, how about this? He described the castle where he used to live, and it was like, it was a castle with unicorns on the wall. And the Balmoral Castle that the Queen lives in does have unicorns on the wall. Does that convince you, Zoe? You're looking oh, well, sceptical. That's, that's a slam dunk, then, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it's clearly, let's go get his autograph that he's I, written I, in I, his own poo. Okay, now, too. look, I know we joke a lot about this incident on the show, but he honestly did say, uh, one, I was a princess, looking at a photo, hmm. then one day the sirens came and I wasn't a princess anymore. That's the oh. thing he actually said. Well, I mean, that's a lie because she'll always be our princess. <laughs> so what do you think? Is this, is this claim, uh, Cat's Pajamas or Cat's it's, it's, it's got suddenly very convincing, Dom. I, it has. Yeah, I think actually, I think that's exactly what's happened. Oh, just because you're an overgrown Prince Harry over here, looking <laughs> yeah, for your mum, well, the two-year-old boy. That's the one I thing just you want my mum back. That's all I want is my mum back. Okay, look, and on that eerie note, I think it's a perfect time to hand over to our good friends, Kennedy Malloy. Radio Chaser. Triple M.